welcome back to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. It is Monday, September 20th, as we're recording. A wonderful weekend in Ohio sports. And maybe I'm not saying that because all my teams won, but I'm probably saying that because all my teams won. Good weekend, Oktoberfest in the city of Cincinnati. Some of us enjoyed that, maybe a little bit too much. Oh, yeah. No, it's the biggest Oktoberfest in the world this year. It's there to be enjoyed. That's why it was a day longer this year. Gotta, gotta live it up in Cincinnati. You look like you just arrived from Oktoberfest. Got the glassy eyes. Look like you slept in a gutter. Nah, that's I just kind of. <laughs> didn't sleep in a gutter, but. That's just kind of normal. feel like that's I just kind of normal. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we are 30 Rack of Sports, Ohio's sports and beer podcast. Got a pack show today, talking some college football. Um, kind of resetting on these new rules. Well, issue rules that have been around for a while in college football. And then uh, talking about baseball. Just two weeks left in the MLB season. And then in our second episode, uh, just to remind everyone, two shows now. One coming out Tuesday, the other one coming out Friday. Friday, we'll get you set for the NFL slate. Talking some Bengals, talking some Browns. Both tied for uh, first place in the AFC North at one and one. So, Woo! Guys. But uh, as we said, we are Ohio. And I don't just mean that as far as the podcast. I mean that as far as us. Uh, to my right is really kind of the Toledo of the podcast. Harsh, angry, and someone we try not to really claim. It's Zach <laughs> on the opinion. Zach, how are you doing today? Oh, um, all fair. But yeah, the rough weekend, man. See, he's not doing much better. Rough weekend. Yeah, no, I mean, we'll get to it. It was a rough weekend. Not feeling great. <sighs> not feeling great. Hopefully some, some nice Ohio beer will get you. Hopefully. In, in, a, better, in a better place. To my left is you know kind of the rust belt the cleveland youngstown of the podcast doesn't always look the best sometimes a little bit glossy eyed but it's the <laughs> backbone of this podcast really keeps things together definitely someone you want to put far far in the back so we can't always see him but oh, a hard-working ooh. part of this podcast <laughs> gotta, gotta do me like that come on <laughs> yeah and then uh, my name is Greg. What are you? What are you? I'm the talent. <laughs> Some would call me the Columbus of the ah, podcast. Okay, yeah. The center of attention, but 100% full of myself <laughs> at all times. All right. So maybe Fair a little enough. bit Fair overrated. You could give me like Akron or Dayton. Give me a goddamn Toledo. <laughs> no. Because we don't want to play. Portsmouth, Marietta. I mean, there's numerous things that are better. Toledo. Is that better? That's a big fuck you. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because Toledo has a lot of uh, Michigan fandom, uh, which is right. There's just nothing good in Toledo. I'm sorry, Toledo. Sorry. Whoa, the mud hens, the uh, the, the walleye, the ra- the, the glass rockets? bowl. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Have you have you been to Toledo recently? I I'm all for it coming back. I'm all for it. It's just it's it's not there. Yeah, it still right. looks like the 1980s there. Well, maybe maybe that's the goal of 30 rack at some point. Once we get our audience. Once we Big once enough, the dough oh. starts rolling in, we'll start investing, getting that seed money up there. We'll, in the do, glass it. we'll do a Toledo we'll do it studio. Right. There we we'll, go. Yeah, there we go. Full nope. Toledo studio. <laughs> nope. Well, guys, uh, let's get into drinking some beer. But before that, I got a couple headlines to get to. Guys, the dust has settled on another wild week of football across the state. 
Boy, was it an interesting one. Saturday kicked off with a huge matchup as the Bearcats headed to Bloomington to face Indiana. The offense got off to a slow start, falling behind 14 to nothing before finally waking up. The Cats finally took the lead early in the fourth and were able to hang on due to some huge turnovers by Indiana, taking the game 38 to 14 or 38 to 24. In Columbus, the Buckeyes looked for an easy win versus Tulsa, but the Golden Hurricane had other ideas. OSU struggled to put Tulsa away until the very end, with most of the game being just a one-score game until a late TD and pick six pushed the final score to 41 to 20. The Buckeyes welcome Akron for one more tune-up before restarting conference play. Sunday had the Bengals head to Chicago to face the Bears, and a lot of Ohio stories were going on, mostly on the Bears. Uh, former Bengal Andy Dalton left in the second with a knee injury, paving the way for former Buckeye Justin Fields to get his first extended action. Fields and the Bears were able to hold on 20-17 versus a Bengals team who struggled to get started and shut them and shot themselves in the foot consistently with four turnovers, including three interceptions on three straight passes by Joe Burrow. The Bengals head to Pittsburgh next week, while the Bears head to Cleveland to face the Browns, who got back on track versus Houston Sunday in a game where the Browns had almost a two-touchdown spread versus the Texans. Houston really hung in there close in the first half, with the score being tied 14-14 at the break. But after Houston QB Tyrod Taylor left the field with an injury, the Browns took control, getting their running game going and taking a 31-21 victory to get back on track in a four-way, one-and-one tie in the AFC North. Tough division, man. Tough division. And finally, just to round out the sports week, in MLS, the crew got back on track this week, taking four points in two games, including a draw against the MLS-leading New England Revolution. FCC fell back to earth after winning their first game at home last week, losing both games, including a blown lead Saturday to NYCFC. And finally, the Reds dropped two of three versus the Dodgers and now sit three games behind St. Louis with just 12 games remaining. But six versus the Pirates. Guys, those are your OH headlines. Oh, near the way. That's awesome. Yeah, how do you do that? That's great. Our beer of the week comes from downtown Cincinnati, right on Central Avenue, actually. It is Rebel Metal Brewery in Cincinnati, Ohio, and it's their Steuben Tiger Session Lager. This is uh, one of their flagship beers, um, so one of the big ones. We'll, we'll get to the can later. I, I do really enjoy the can mm-hmm. design, but uh, a beer, actually, I'd never, I'd never heard of Rebel Metal. I don't know. Uh, I guess they're pretty new, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have heard a little bit about Rebel Metal and that they've been very impressive um, just in their space down there. I've not been myself yet, but I've heard it's a really awesome space. The beer's really good. Their production and marketing's really good for just being around for only, I think they just celebrated last weekend or two weekends ago, their one-year anniversary. Oh, okay. So, you know, starting out in the pandemic and everything yeah. and being at the stages that they are uh, is pretty impressive for them, I think. Yeah, they said uh, the weekend of week one was their one-year anniversary. So they started 
September of 2020, which was, uh, so that's, I mean, that makes sense, you know, with all the wonderful breweries that we have in the state of Ohio, it's, it's, uh, tough to keep track to kind of find your way. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Well, and it's tough to find your way to the, you know, to the top or even to the level where people know about you. Cause once again, there are dozens and dozens. So there's nothing to do with the beer. It's just so much, you know. But so I mean, much this, good stuff. This beer here is uh, it's pretty good. It's just your standard. You see it's a session lager, so you can throw these puppies back. I mean, oh, this yeah. is the kind of beer that should come in uh, cases. Yeah. In, oh, yeah. Look, in, is, uh, in racks. This in is a 30-rack type Definitely. of beer. This is a, yeah, this is an all-day all jam-packed football beer. Yeah. Set your 30-rack right next to you on the couch and just... Don't get up. Flip the channel. Pound Red zone away. and Red Zone. Yeah. This is definitely yeah, this is definitely one of the beers, you know, you kind of your light lagers. I think Zach was saying before, you know, he's like, My dad isn't a big craft beer guy, but he would he would this. like this. He would. So yeah. this it's, this is very you know, much, yeah. they have uh they have a whole bunch of beer on their on their menu, or at least uh, you know, a number of different styles. They do have the IPAs, you know, obviously yeah. we do a lot of IPAs, but this is kind of the, once again, get someone in the door and then, you know, you've got your Grungeist Hype, their Hazy New England IPA, and they have their Roush beer, Smoky Stardust. Ooh. Greg, what's a Roush beer? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> um, so, uh, Roush beer, actually, it uh, basically translates to smoke beer, so... You know, a lot of times before the um, last couple hundred years where we have our normal, you know, uh, burning technique or, or filtering technique of the malt, it would get that nice, like, almost burnt wood flavor to it. So it would get a lot of that mm. smoky flavor to it. So um, sometimes they're called kind of bacon beers because they have that, like, smoky mm-hmm. bacon, you know, kind of uh, smell and taste to them. So that's they have that's a couple of those. Uh, they also have a Ralph Bach a pineapple marshmallow milkshake Rauchbach. Whoa. So they don't even, they they call it Bach-flavored beverage product, which is a great yeah, name. That's, that's, I, I, I don't even know what you would if think If you're labeling that. a drink, you've really pushed the standards of what a drink is if you're labeling something a beverage product. A beverage product. <laughs> so I, I don't know. This place looks very interesting. Definitely want to try more of them. I know you can get this one in their kind of flagship variety six-pack where you get the Metal Mayhem Pale Lager and the Volume Juniper Schwarz Beer. That also sounds fantastic. So I'm going to have to see more of this. I want to check the place out. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm very intrigued. I mean, obviously, now. there's plenty downtown, but that that's that's yeah. I mean, that's, that's a different real. Part. That's uh, that's kind of an area. But I mean, even close to like the stadiums, if that's close, that's probably one of the closest yeah. ones because that's just yeah. I'm gonna check that out. But yeah, it's kind of in an area. Yeah, if, if you're familiar you're with the Cincinnati too. area, it's uh, it's Fifth and Elm or down by that. Yeah, I think it's it's by the convention center, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's right on. Yeah, it's right by the Fourth Street parking. I mean, yeah, you're right by. Once again, as we mentioned, not a not a whole lot down there, but you're only two or three blocks away from the Bengals Stadium. Yeah, so from the banks and everything. You're, you're right nearby. there, so you know it's a little bit away from you know maybe some of that stuff that's you know on the banks now or in Fa- Fountain Square, but it's still Cincinnati's right there. Yeah. hella walkable. I don't hear anybody bitching moan about walking around. I have people <laughs> playing on it so far. Cincinnati's like try walking downtown Cleveland. Get on the scooter. Uh, Be that's a like rider. three times the size. Hmm? 
be a rider, get on a scooter, or be a rider and get on the, or get on the, uh, what do they call it? The street street car, car, yeah. Oh, the street car. Yes, Emilio Estevez will tell you, use the street car. (laughs) Yes. Emilio! (laughs) All right, well, I'm sure Emilio and everybody else (laughs) would love this beer. If you're looking for a nice, light lager just to enjoy, Mm -hmm. once again, you know, you put back a six-pack watching football day, Perfect beer, not going to be too heavy for you. No. Uh, a solid light lager. Steuben Tiger Session Lager from Rebel Metal. All right, for our first segment, we're doing a little bit of Rankum, talking the premier ish teams in Ohio right now. Uh, two top 10 teams still in Ohio. Um, the Bearcats with a big win in Bloomington where they were tearing the stands out of Memorial Stadium. They were tearing the bleachers out. Bleacher Report actually had a bleacher report. (laughs) (laughs) It was unbelievable. Uh, But the Cats fell behind 14 to nothing, got things together for some crucial turnovers, you know, a fumble in the red zone, a couple Michael Penix picks, and came out of there 38-24. In Columbus... Buckeyes kind of struggled. Offense was kind of slow in the beginning. I think it was 13-6 at halftime. Offense was fucking atrocious. And then got it to 20-6. to It wasn't even the defense. And that still needs a lot of work. Pushed it back. Did give up like 480 passing yards to Tulsa. But were able to get, you know, a 41-20 win. But I don't know if that quite shows the... Shows the difficulty that Ohio State had to kind of get over the mark. So... Going to the AP polls, as it I believe has been for the last two weeks now, Cincinnati ranked above Ohio State. Currently, the Bearcats sitting at eighth in the poll. The Ohio State Buckeyes sitting at tenth in the poll. Um, Cincinnati staying at eight uh, after their win. Ohio State dropping from nine to ten after their close call with Tulsa. Close in quotes call with Tulsa. Um, it was close. So the question that we have is, is this the right way to rank them? Would you have Cincinnati ahead of the Buckeyes? Still very early. Haven't even gotten into conference play yet. But through what we've seen, Josh, would you rank the Bearcats ahead of the Buckeyes? I would, Greg. I would. And uh, quite frankly, I'd be worried about conference play if I were the Buckeyes. Because um, the Big Ten is shaping up to be... I, I, that Big Ten championship game is a way bigger question mark, I think, than uh, we originally thought going into the I mean, season. Yeah, I got Rutgers. <laughs> hey, yeah, Rutgers is on Maryland, the rise, man. Here they Maryland's come. Maryland's right after. They're Talia. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I just think the Bearcats are right now where we currently are. They are the better football team. I mean, their de- their defense, especially, um, 298.7 yards per game allowed, 31st best in the country, only about three and a half yards per play. 10th best in the country so that defense is at the very least when you look at each team's defense the Bearcats defense keeps them in games the Buckeyes defense digs them holes in games Bearcats right now are the more complete football team yeah I was gonna say based on yards per game I know Ohio State was in like the Utah State UConn UNLV area right right where you want to be to be honest but that's where you want (laughs) 
I uh, I didn't realize the UConn's uh, already made a coaching change. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right where you want to be. <laughs> we were we were trying to remember which UNLV coach had gotten fired recently. So oh yeah, good, so. I mean it's 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 pretty. I yeah, I I mean, I agree. By the I mean not by default. Yeah, I think yeah. Thus far, three wins. I I don't know though as far as playoff picture with UC. I don't know because I yeah. wasn't impressed with the Indiana. Just because I don't know what Indiana is. They yeah. got their ass whooped against Iowa. They really haven't looked good at all. No, um, in, any, in any of their game. I mean, you know, Idaho is Idaho. To be fair, Cincinnati though. On the flip side, I've seen Ohio State teams running full cylinders go into Bloomington at noon. I don't know. That city is so boring that it just seems to lull opponents to sleep. So, I mean, how much of that played a factor? I think some. It's just a weird place. Yeah, it very, wasn't even loud. A very there were people slow there, start. but I thought it was like, was people there? Yeah. There were. It was weird. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you have to put Cincinnati ahead. Of course, I would trust them. Um, you know, it starts with defense. So, I was yeah, going to say. Trust them if way we... ahead. I would trust Des Ritter. I thought, mm, he needs still to not that up. step. Yeah, still he not needs, the step you would the, like to see. He but, needs the command. Like you saw him get really frustrated yeah. at the beginning of the game and just yelling at some guys and just really worked up. And you could see it in the way he was passing, just yeah. really zipping balls over guys' heads. Oh yeah. Well, I, and just I polishing up, getting command. You know. Well, and I think if you if you know going into some of the issues that both of these teams have, I think with UC, one you get the slow starts. Two, you know, not. St- very loud, but still kind of the first hostile environment that any of these players had played in, in you know, almost two years. And you're That's seeing fair. that around yeah. a lot of college football. But the one thing was is, you know, they're kind of a team that, you know, likes to move the ball a couple, you know, have some longer drives. You know, they they have some more threats on the outside, but they were, you know, too many pre-snap penalties. They were in second and 15 all day. I know the first two drives, they were in like third and 15, and Ritter had 10-plus yards com- completions, yeah. but when you're that far backed up, you can't really do much. He was having some trouble. He needed to calm down, and I think from UC, you haven't seen a complete game from them yet. You know, they kind of let the foot off the gas against Miami. Um, you know, had a big lead, 35 to nothing, but I think only won like 42 to 14 or something. You know, pretty mm-hmm. slow. Murray State was 7-7 at halftime, yeah. you know, before they finally turned it on. And then once again got down in this fourteen to nothing hole, and I think, you know, the one thing that you got Notre Dame coming up, yeah, you don't get down fourteen. Yeah, you don't want to get down fourteen to Notre Dame, and you know, if if you're looking at a lot of these teams, you have to make a statement now because you know, with UCF being in the place that they are, you don't really have a whole lot of places to make a statement. You need to put together a complete game now. And you need to start putting together what you need to do if you want to have a prayer. Even yeah. if, even as a twelve and zero team, you have to look good to be to be a top team. Yeah, because what's Notre Dame? Yeah, talking about another completely yeah, unimpressive right. team thus far. Oh yeah, uh, barely yeah. escaped. I mean, barely beat esca- Purdue, but if you watch that game, I mean, not impressive. And no, it was it was close for a while. Barely close. beat Toledo, and yeah. then took overtime against an zero three Florida State team that has looked <laughs> who's looked pretty god awful. I mean, it's been interesting. I don't know if it is like the crowd thing for the first time in two years or what, but I think a lot of parity right now. I think you had a lot of teams replacing people. I think yeah, the pandemic might have thrown some things out of whack. I think across the board. I I thought, I mean, going into the Bama game, you know, everybody's talking Florida's in trouble, right? The quarterback situation is a mess. Who's going to play quarterback? And they, 
they took Bama down to the wire. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, Fresno beat, you know, Cinderella UCLA. I yep. did want to point out, you know, again, what the trash the coaches pull is. Uh, Fresno State's 25th, UCLA's 24th. So that just tells me the coaches saw that UCLA lost, not who they lost to. Right. Oh, they just wrecked them. None of them stayed. No, I none know. None of them stayed up late enough. It's just hilarious. Have. That's just what a trash pull that is. Um, but... But to go over from Cincinnati to Ohio State, I mean, I think we've we've talked about it enough. But you know, I think there are a couple couple other things. Yeah, is obviously the defense is an issue. But you had Stroud who had a banner day last week or uh, in the Oregon game. Yeah, and then really struggled this week. What had 185 passing yards, one and one, one touchdown, one pick. Yeah, Um, what was like 50 percent completion, maybe slightly above. Well, and then, you know, he said in the post game, and now, you know, people are going back through pregame stuff of him warming up. He's talking about, you know, well, he's not 100%. His shoulders giving, his throwing shoulders giving him problems. And then people are pulling video from like warm ups, and he, like, you know, throws it and then has to like wiggle and hold his arm down to his side. So now the question is, you know, Ryan Davis said, yeah, he's kind of banged up and hurt. Is that part of the problem? And are you doing right by him by playing? And yeah, no one knows how far of an injury this is, but it, I mean, he's still throwing high. Completely inaccurate. Thank God for Travion Henderson. That kid arrived. Yeah. That's your bell cow. Yeah, 24 Ride carries, him. 277 yards, averaging 11 and a half a carry. I haven't seen that combination size, speed, agility, and, jeez, I can't imagine how long that. Yeah. Thank God for him setting the freshman rush around. But I don't, you know, there's the defense. Here's my thing. So they don't look great, but I saw, you know, Matt Barnes now is calling. He's not the coordinator, but he's calling in the defense. Um. I saw, you know, they stopped the run again. Not yeah, that that, I mean, you know, 73 yards. But two and a half yards of carry, yeah. you know. I mean, That's considering they were coming in giving up 240 the, yards Yeah, the game, rush you know. defense was a problem. I thought, <clears throat> yeah, Tulsa, you know, they're, oh, crap, Brent, yeah. I mean, he came in averaging like 210 yards passing. He, he, he definitely got some yards. But I thought, you know, they forced two picks, should have had a third interception um and some I've, of that was late when you kind of had yeah to force, and like they had threw to, the ball they 54 had times it. right i mean i thought you know the corners there weren't as many wide open guys corners were contesting throws they were bringing blitzes they were doing little things it, you know bob stew said it perfectly right now teams only got three days of practice pretty much on the field you know once the season starts so he's like the idea that they weren't gonna just turn it around it's gonna be a process so I'm okay with the process thus far. Enough positives for me to say, well, maybe we're going somewhere. I don't know. Time will tell. The offense, I, that's two games in a row. I mean, they, yeah, they, they lit up Oregon as far as between the 20s, but once too many drops, ball starts. At times, the offensive line looked overwhelmed against Tulsa. I don't know if there was missed calls on protections. I mean, there are times guys just ran free, and Stroud was just like staying there ducking the water. I don't know. Yeah, and the <sighs> offense was supposed it's to be the... Whole, yeah, was supposed to be the strong part. And Obviously, maybe the wide defense receivers struggling's and... wearing on them. I don't, you know, it's a team. Sometimes that stuff hurts. I mean, basically, right now, the only thing I feel good about special teams is look pretty damn good. Uh, <laughs> Mirko's averaging like forty-five yards a punt. Uh, Noah Ruggles, the grad transfer from North Carolina, kicking pretty well. Haven't returned anything yet, but actually got some guys who have, you know, broken off a few decent runs unlike years past. So, you know, I'm banking on the special teams right now. All right, yeah. Yeah. Ride that. Right. Well, a lot of work play. for both of these teams to get into the top 25 uh or well, to get into the top 4. 
uh, currently in the AP poll. Uh, it's still a f- what couple months before we get the. Uh, October. It's uh, It's not that long. It's like mid October. Is it mid October? I think it's like, like six month. or something. Okay. Put that out. Um, before we... Josh, producer, what? When do they look it up? What are you doing? Yeah, look it up. Yeah, that's your job. <laughs> um, As we all three have laptops. <laughs> But right now, ahead of the Bearcats, uh, you got, you know, and the Buckeyes. Right now, it is Cincinnati, Clemson, a 2-1, who looked pretty bad last they week. They look bad. And then Ohio State. And then you got uh, Alabama, 1, Georgia, 2, Oregon, 3, Oklahoma, who struggled against a bad Nebraska team at 4, <laughs> Iowa at 5, Penn State at 6, and uh, Texas A&M at 7. So looking at all these teams and even further down the board, outside of these top four, and obviously there's a lot of time for this to change, and you know who knows what the college football playoff committee likes enough to put you know in the top. What what kind of criteria they even really go by? But Josh, if you had to pick a team not in the top four that you would have the most confidence to see going to a semifinal, who would you have? Right now, I like Iowa. I like the Hawkeyes. Um, I think there's a lot of teams on the outside that, like the teams we just talked about, that on one side of the ball have a lot of work to do. I think you'd like to see a little bit more explosiveness out of the Iowa offense. But defensively, they're turning into one of the best in the country, I think. Only 278 yards per game allowed. Only 81 rushing. So I think they have a good defensive front that can carry them deep into the season and if they can get into the Big Ten championship game and win that, I think they I think they got a shot. Tough place to play out there too. I think they've got that. They're, and they've, they're yeah. slowly building a like nice resume now. Mm-hmm. They had you can call it a ranked game, but they had the Indiana Week One destroyed them. Iowa State ranked game, and then they're going to have a tough schedule the rest of the way with the Big Ten. So Although I think they got a. It's a pretty favorable schedule. So, you know, they do have to go to Wisconsin, but they get Penn State at They've home. They've got some key games, though, you know, as far as uh, resume building goes. I guess Minnesota at home, really, they only have to go to, you know, Maryland, Wisconsin, Northwestern, and Nebraska. So Plays out pretty nice. So some, some solid scheduling going ahead, but obviously would need to probably win the Big Ten Championship as well. Zach, is there a team mm-hmm. that you see outside the top four that you would have the most confidence in? Um, you know, I like Iowa. I agree with Josh on that. Um, you know, Penn State too. I think Penn State's got too hard of a road. I, I don't know if I think they'll score enough. I think that they'll get. You know, you want to talk about Big Ten East? That that's gonna be. I mean, Michigan's look better. I mean, that's gonna be a battle. They're gonna get beat to hell. You know, Michigan State. I don't know. I mean, if they come through, then obviously, definitely. Uh, I'm gonna go a little crazy. Let's get let's get weird with it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go. Wild card here oh out there. I'll go Arkansas. Greg and I were talking about that before. I like it. I like you know what Pittman's done there. They're fighty. They're feisty. No one. No. Talk about a team on people's schedule, especially in the SEC West, that they're going to overlook. Arkansas. I highly doubt that happens, but that's who I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for Arkansas. That's a dark horse. That's a dark horse. Going real dark. I figured. Are you going I- Fresno? <laughs> Wish I could. You talk don't about have a real ball, Cinderella. But- <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, looking down the top four, yeah. obviously you got Iowa and Penn State, you know, both of them. Which also I want to know, I think Iowa should already be in the top four. I don't yeah. know why Oklahoma's even still there. Yeah. We should I, talk honestly, about that for a minute. Honestly, I would put them over Oklahoma and Oregon. I don't know. 
I don't know about Oregon. I might give Oregon a break, but, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think definitely over Oklahoma. But you look at the rest of it. I mean, Texas A&M, I don't trust. No. You know, you got Cincinnati, but who knows what they'll think about with the group of five. And just going down undefeated teams. Notre Dame, I don't know. But then you get to number 13. Well, I was thinking Ole Miss from... I was, I was right You got the lane train. The lane train. They hey. put up a ton of points oh, against yeah. a really good Alabama team last year. If they yeah. could have any semblance of defense, they could be a really... Look, that offense, Matt Coral is the real deal. Well, hey, you know, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. They got to buy. Hell yeah, we'll find <laughs> out in practice. What, yeah, am I doing the math right? Yeah, they got... Yeah. They got to buy, then October 2nd, their next game. So, hey, could work out perfect. They got to go to Tuscaloosa, but they get a nice little bye week in there to prepare. They got lane train two weeks. Have fun with that game plan, Saban. Yeah, and then the real big game, October hey, Florida, 9th. Florida put up some points on Bama. I mean, Florida's but, offense has been atrocious. So I was going to say, the real, keep that in mind. The real big game in Oxford the week after. Arkansas comes to town, then that might oh, be. Oh, there we go. That be. that's gonna yeah, it's gonna suck. Cause yeah, I mean Bama doesn't. I was checking. They don't have a bye week. They got Southern Miss, and then so you still got to prepare. Ole Miss has got that's a good one, Greg. I like that. Yeah. You got two weeks. So you got two weeks. They were a team that put up, you know, I mean they put up like forty points on Alabama last year. They against yeah, a very they, good the, de- you know against a very good team. Uh, do still you know obviously they they have Texas A and M at home. They have Arkansas. They have uh, all, have to go to Auburn. Have even a Liberty team who's got a top quarterback coming to town, and then you know, obviously, I mean, they got A and M at home. But you know, it's you a put pretty... up uh, this this day and age in football. If you put up points, you put up points, man. I mean, look at honestly the remaining schedule. They have three road games left. That's it. No four. Sorry, take well. So they have four, but you got the Bama, Auburn, and then. You got to go to Tennessee. Oh, no. Yeah, Knoxville and, then, and Starkville. Yeah, not really worried about that. Yeah, so. Well, guys, we've got some time before Tuesday, November 2nd, when the College Football Playoff Committee releases Ooh, its they, no, third no. rank, first ranking. Yep. Yeah, I think it's usually around Halloween. So I know. That's second. what I said, but I thought it might be before. Okay. We'll see what happens. Plenty what happens. of time. A lot could go down. A lot will go down. All growl, no bite. Majestically mild, crisp, and electrifying. What at first seems fierce is actually approachable and tame. A crushable lager with the perfect blend of drinkability and flavor. Fortune favors the daring, man. Where do you see that? Oh, at yeah, the bottom. at the bottom. Yeah. That's their little, I guess that's their, uh, that's probably that's their, their slogan. It is their slogan. Yeah, that's a pretty dope can. I like the can with the tiger. I like the whole setup. It's very... Uh, the design is by Hyperquake, which is just sounds cool. That does sound cool. Hyperquake, Rebel Metal. What a, I would get yeah. that tattooed almost. Like, just like, what people are, what does that mean? Like, I don't know, but like, it's, <laughs> it's a cool, it's a cool logo. And like, I mean, there are three flagship beers that they kind of have the logos for. Oh, yeah. You know, the IPA has the, the wheel with the wings, kind of the dust behind it. Mm-hmm. And then the other one has like kind of that old school microphone for volume. So it's some very cool art and it's nice to see kind of, you know, um, just cool designs. But like it looks like hands. some Cincinnati artists. Yeah. Keep keep ice cool. Keep ice cold. Veteran-owned business. Always like to see that. But 
they've got uh, I like all the names of the beers and all these designs that just have like really neat artwork on them. Oh yeah. And I do like the description. Yeah, they have good description. That is on this can. I think yeah. it's got some good electrifying, uh, approachable, and most of all, I think the best word on here is crushable. 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 That's you can crush one. them back. Look, as someone that, you know, I think all of us have been known to uh, find a few beers crushable. It's always nice to, you know, have one around just in case uh, you got a long day of football ahead of you. Yep, keep one on you. It's Oktoberfest, so we're doing the first of the first. Talking about the worst of the last week in football. Guys, we've got some rules in football that someone needs to take a look at eventually. Uh, in college football, we've had the issue for a number of years. Um, targeting, you've seen it recently. You know, guys just trying to stop touchdowns. Where it's like someone terrible, goes to low. Terrible call. It's a it's a call where you can review it and basically if you make the forcible head to head contact or, or or forcible contact in some way. Sometimes it's even crown. like sometimes they sit in the crown. Sometimes, like, sometimes oh. it's like shoulder. Yeah. But uh, it kicks the player out of the game, and if it's in the second half, it would kick them out of the game and the first half of the next game. So it's it, you know it's a very huge call. Especially if, I mean, if it's a big game, if you have a big game next week. Oh, yeah. Like, sometimes it happens, you know, in the second half of a game against whoever state. But, you know, the next week you're playing a big game. And then we have the NFL's new taunting call. Guys have been uh, flagged for taunting for spinning the football at the other team's bench. <laughs> um, getting up and doing the incomplete wave in some kind of near someone's face uh one guy just got up and went uh, and kind of flexed his muscles and got one so i don't really know what's going on here but i mean i guess the question is josh what would you say is worse are we saying targeting are we saying this this taunting call for me it's the taunting they're both pretty bad but the taunting call is bad to me because it's like we're grown men here like it, why why is this all of a sudden a problem like why i don't understand yeah, it's, the it's, basis for it the targeting i can at least understand there's not a health issue behind it yeah right. yeah the very core reasoning for it the taunting is just like we're grown men out here let's 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 in professional sports there needs to be no such thing as sportsmanship i don't want to hear about it. there needs to be no handshake they get paid it's a goddamn i don't go to work and shape like it's it's a job and it's entertainment also are we right professional sports is entertainment yeah, it's all it's entertainment value. So yeah, what if, if fans enjoy players having fun? It's a goddamn game. Yeah, if it's unsportsman, it's like you know someone stepping on someone or someone doing yeah. something like dirty. Not like I'm celebrating a play or I'm gonna get in your I like. Don't care if you want to hide a cell phone in your pants and pull it out or do the moon the Randy Moss moon thing and they did in Green Bay like on Monday night. Lost. I thought it was still great though. Like there's no need for that. Was fun. That's when the NFL was fun. Yeah, early well, 2000s, no fun late now. 90s. Yeah. These guys were doing all sorts of to at all the crazy things. Joe Horn, Joe Horn with the cell. It was the cell phone under the. No, uh, yeah, it was under line. the pot. Yeah. yeah, he put one on each end, which I thought was hilarious. He planned that. Gosh, that good. must that have was... been. I mean, two expensive phones. What was that like? Two thousand two. That had to be expensive. Motorola. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> yeah, Razor or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah. I wonder how many minutes he preloaded onto both of those phones. <laughs> <laughs> Who did he call? I don't know. They're both pretty bad. I the both the Bengals and the Bears had one that extended drives for them. Uh, I know the Browns had one in there. Or yeah, it was in their favor. Yeah, it was in their favor. The guy got a first. Uh, the Texans tight end. I don't know anybody on the Texans anymore. Got a got a first down and basically just did like the normal like everybody does it like the spin in the football. But yeah. he happened to be at the sidelines, so he was spinning the football as they said. Spinning the football at the opponent's bench. How dare you spin oh, a football? No. My feelings are hurt. On the and football I- field? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Anyone, settle down. Anyone <laughs> who's been within like... A, a, Crazy out there. A, like a mile radius knows that I am an insane fan when it comes to the Browns. Like there's not much logic going through my head. But even I like turned around and was like, what the hell? Like why? Like that's... that's like I, I didn't even like getting that call in my favor because it was just so stupid. Yeah, I mean, if uh, look, I, again, there should be no sportsmanship rules unless it's something dirty. In my opinion, again, they're professionals; they're grown men. But have fun. If you want to enforce it, just make it God, make it fines. Then yeah. after the game, you shouldn't let it affect the game. Right. That's what I'm saying. Make we're it a letting, fine. Well, we're letting these things change the outcomes of game. Yeah. Swings of draws. Oh yeah. Even I mean, even you know, buttoned up, no fun, Bill Belichick. Was you know there was a video going around of him talking to some high school or college team, basically saying, "Yeah, if you make a big play, go and celebrate because you work so hard and you get so like especially like a a defensive lineman. At least some people enjoy their jobs. Yeah, you get. (laughs) I mean, jeez, you get so you know if you're a defensive lineman, you know if you're the best of the best, you know you get fifteen sacks a year. That's fifteen times a year to go up and day. You know. Oh yeah. You make a big play. You know if you're the best. 30 times a year. Yeah, taunting's back, so there's no consistency. But, I mean, I understand what they're trying yeah, to do. Yeah, Lamar Jackson flips into the end zone. and either, But, I mean, right. college especially, it's all, it's terrible. It's all over the place. Every, I mean, I know, like, there's been ones the high State's gotten away with, and there's ones you're like, what? Well, just look at the Bearcats now. Like, in the bowl game, they yeah. had one against them. And now in the Indiana game, they had one, Indiana had one. And in both of those instances, say what you will about whether it changes the outcome of a game. But... There is a definite. There's definitely a noticeable momentum shift. Oh yeah, at yeah. those points. Of the I, game. I'm aware. And there yeah. are other Ohio games State like had the one in Clemson. Clemson. That exactly. would that would suck the air and out of that. Yeah. I I will say the one thing that I do hate about the target, and I understand you want it to be a you know a deterrent, enough of a deterrent. Yeah. But some of these are hits that it's like, look, this isn't this isn't a health issue. Like this is just something that happens. And I feel like yeah, there should be something where it's like intent, just a fifteen yard or or just intent. Yeah, you, you can tell. Yeah. you can tell because well, a lot of times the, the problem Indiana is game. what happens is you got a guy running, defenders coming down on him, and then the guy drops right yeah. at the last moment. The defender, how is he supposed? Or a guy to just tried to lower adjust. his shoulder. Yeah, you know that Indian in the Indian one like. I'm sitting there watching the game and they're reviewing it. I thought I didn't have any sound on or anything, but I thought they were reviewing it on where the ball came out of his hand when he was coming through and everything. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, no, they're looking if this guy that was like falling backwards into him that made head to head contact with the quarterback <laughs> was getting a target because he got like pushed into yeah. him or something. Yeah. Oh my and god! You I mean, can he was see... going in for him and everything, but, but I bet then he there got was like an pushed, extra yeah. shove of. Yeah, and you can see just how, you know, it affects games late in the game or, you know, I've seen a number of times, you know, in some of these big games where it's like, well, where's this guy's big player? Oh, well, 
he's suspended for the first right. half because of he's targeting. Out. And it's like, really? Because of your game last week against, you know, an FCS opponent, you got targeting because a guy ducked. Yeah. And exactly. because, or because, you know, in those cases, I mean, you're way Auburn bigger Penn than the State other guy. had a good one. I thought yeah. that was just clearly. Um, yeah, the guy was just trying to stop him from getting to getting the, end the end zone. zone. It was just a straight out, both were diving, straight out dive. Clearly, no intent to hurt. Honestly, I didn't even feel like he led with the crown. He had his helmet, but it was like his shoulder, and then the side of his helmet got the runner. I mean, stopped him, but then it was, yeah, targeting, he got kicked out yeah. the rest of the game. And he's uh, one of their starting safeties. That's a fairly big loss. I mean, Late in that game, that game was back and forth. I'm not saying that's why Auburn lost, but I mean, it's terrible. They're both bad, but the taunting is just ri- they're both ridiculous. Bad, but yeah, it's just Roger Goodell or whoever. Yeah, they're not children; they're grown men. So there it is. Uh, we'll put up a poll. What's the worst rule? Targeting, taunting. Uh, I think all three of us agree both need to change, at least in some degree, because. It's affecting the game more negatively than it is positively. And I don't really know how the how the taunting rule affects it positively. So there you go. Alright guys, there's a couple things brewing in Ohio. One of them more just has to do with uh, one of the larger breweries in Ohio in Cincinnati, Sam Adams. Uh, they announced oh, that the twelfth edition of their famed legendary Utopia Spear will come out on October 11th. This 28% barrel-aged beer will be illegal in 15 states I here in the that. United States. Illegal. And it's said to be about $250 for a 25-ounce bottle. So, and I know there's a couple rare like special editions they do that were aged in different barrels and everything um but this is that that it's it's a 12th edition now and every time they do these at sam adams they try and push it more and more and more it is definitely falls under the category of extreme beer (laughs) so if uh if you're into that kind of thing october 11th 12th edition sam adams utopias Something a lot cooler that uh, is in Ohio that many more will want to enjoy is the second phase of a $300 million. If you have to ask, you can't afford it. (laughs) If you can't buy it twice, this is what Marshawn Lynch said, I think. Thank goodness. $300 million, no problem. Uh, Second phase of a $300 million Hall of Fame Village revamp is underway in Canton, Ohio. Set to be completed in 2023, the revamp in Canton includes a water park, new hotel, a new performance center, and a new Top Golf. Now, you might be wondering, what's brewing at this? What's what's this have to do with Ohio Brewery? It's a new vacation spot in Canton, Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a new everybody's vacation destination. (laughs) Uh, And this is going to be quite the destination because. There are top golfs going up everywhere now, but Whoa. this is not going to be any ordinary. Top Usually, golf. right next to IKEA's, is there? Yeah. <laughs> I, that's what I'm thinking is going to be next. Always by an IKEA. Uh, you guys are familiar with the brew kettle? Mm. Um, already a pretty decent footprint up in Northeast Ohio. We've I've had heard them of on it. the show. We have some. Uh, I have some different brewed uh, White Rogers in the oh. in the fridge. So mm. this top golf location at the revamped Hall of Fame Village will be partnering with the brew kettle for beer and food. Um, so that's going to even 
increase that bigger footprint even more for Rue That's Kettle. awesome. Great um, food. That's multiple awesome. locations now. And yeah, even bigger tourist attraction there in Canton, Ohio, at the Hall of Fame Village, revamped in 2023 when all of this will be done. Make your resis early. Yep. Guys, that's what's, uh, that's what's brewing in Ohio. For our next segment, we're bringing back out the crystal ball. We're looking two weeks into the future, if you can imagine a time two weeks from now. Talking... A little bit about the National League wild card. Guys, there are just two weeks left in the MLB season. By this time, two weeks, we'll be preparing for a wild card game, potentially with uh, the Cincinnati Reds involved. Right now, for the second wild card spot, you have the Cardinals in the spot. You have the Reds three games back. Uh, two back in the win column, four back in the loss column. And uh, the Phillies, three and a half back, and the Padres, three and a half back. All the other teams are, are more or less dunsky at this point. So not looking at the records. Josh made very clear not to say not looking at the records. Schedule. schedule. Or sorry, not schedule. looking at the schedule. God. Schedule. Get it together. Don't look at the records. Don't look. Hey, Get it together. Rivalry. They're Throw the record base, books out. Yeah, they're just baseball teams. Take it for face. Not looking at the schedule. Though the Reds may play the Pirates. We're playing a paper game. Six games. On paper. And then also, you know, the Nationals, four games. So <clears> 10 <throat> of their 12 games, you know, against bad teams. But excluding that. Who gets the honor of only getting to play one more game? Who gets to play <laughs> whichever one of the Giants or Dodgers falls off? <laughs> By that, I mean only play the 600 baseball. Yeah, I feel you. Uh like we said, um, Reds, Padres, and Phillies basically right together. Cardinals do have that three-game buffer with just 12 games left. Yeah. Zach, who are you going with? <clears throat> cards, baby. Cards. Uh, they won eight in a row. Adam Wainwright. I don't know, you know. If he found the fountain of youth, I, I don't know. That guy's been pitching since 2005. And he looks great still. I trust Wainwright. Um, something about the Cardinals. I, I know you guys, both of you will hate me to, hate to hear this, but let's be honest. They're just, they're just always steady, right? They won eight in a row. You got Arenado, Goldschmidt. And I would laugh. I, I think, like, I don't trust the Reds against the fucking Pirates. Like, they just don't seem to want it. Yeah. But, you know, the Padres... Uh, you know, I mean, we there all saw the Tatis yeah. and uh, Machado yeah, fight. That's that never was, a, good a good sign late in the year. No. I think they're done. And the Phillies are the fucking Phillies. Like, I, no, I, I think that I, I would be shocked if the Cardinals don't wrap that up. I'm just saying. I think that's done, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, looking at the teams uh, right now, um, Cardinals are on an eight-game win streak, like you said. Padres, three-game losing streak. Reds, two-game losing streak. Phillies just lost. Um, Sunday, but Phillies are the only team with a minus run differential, so you can tell that there's some fraudulence yeah. there. Can't really tell them to put it together. The Padres, the one thing, and I read this this morning, I think it's a very telling point, is early in the season, the Cardinals had some rotation issues. Yeah. You know, a number of guys injured were able to kind of tread water. They were always kind of that, like, third best team mm -hmm. in the division, you know, hanging around 500. And then have kind of you know taken off when they've gotten healthy. The Padres have been a mess with the rotation. Oh, it's hurting. all year. They I have. Mean, 
Well, late, late, you know, second half of the year. They've been trying to piece together yeah. a rotate. You know, they'd made the Clevenger trade. Bear, what, one, maybe two starts last year? Yeah. I think that was it. Yeah. You know, he's you, been out. You Darvish has you, been bad yeah. since some of the rule they changes. They just don't develop. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there have been a few of those. Um, yeah. I mean, I love the, I mean, you know, is it Friedman still a GM in San Diego? Yeah, I I think Andrew Friedman. I could be wrong, but I mean, you know what they've done? They spent money on the offense. They can't find a pit and pitching wins this time of year. This is yeah. what gets you there, and they don't I, have it. I think you know, looking at the Cardinals, they're a team that you know the Reds don't have it, the bullpen. Well, if something the goes, the Phillies don't make sense. Yeah, if something goes wrong, you know the Cardinals have enough talent in other places to kind of overcome at least steady the ship for a little while, and the Reds right now. You know, still have a couple question marks. Have Winker out and whatnot, and Stevenson you know, out now too. Stevenson out. I think they have the schedule, but I just don't think they have the firepower. And it's been this way over the last you know month or so that they've they've had they had every opportunity over the last you know twenty or so games to go, you know, fourteen and six, fifteen and five, and you know, be five games clear of all these play all these teams. Oh but, yeah. They just haven't been able to put it together. I mean, I think you got Cincinnati's lineup where every bat has just gone ice cold. You have, I want to pick Philadelphia kind of as a dark horse, but I don't think they have enough to sustain. They've had 26 blown saves this year. I, as far as like offensively lineup, I think they're, they've got the most yeah. firepower in their lineup out of these teams here. Right. Uh, but aside from Nolan and Wheeler, don't really have the rotation. Like I said, no one can lock it down there. All these teams just have such a problem. I, St. Louis, the thing about St. Louis is that they don't really have any star power offensively outside of Goldschmidt and O'Neal, but everyone's still consistently, hey, no, still I know consistently you're decent enough. Yeah. No one's really like at the top of the right. charts other than those guys, right. but everyone else is consistently good job. enough to get the job done. Yeah. Where you have, you know, the Reds. They're just steady. You're only getting a couple guys that are getting a single hit. Yeah. Yeah, and well, I think the Reds are, what, five games under 500 in the month of September I mean, they, they, where they, you yeah. need to turn it up. I'll get right. the Reds. They could, anybody could do it. could be them out of, you know, if we're going to say any of the three remaining just because they play the Pirates. I mean. Ten of their 12 games are against the Pirates and the Nationals, both of which are yeah. kind of in that same spot. They have exactly. two games against, you know, good teams left. Philly also, I think Philly can kind of control their own destiny a little bit, though, well, because they only have the Orioles and the Pirates, but then they, in the middle of that, they have uh, the three-game series with Atlanta. But that's where I think you have, like, well, no, one-run games they're, they're that right you're bullpen. Yeah, they're right they there for the, the division. Exactly. So I'm not counting them out necessarily the just playoffs, because they could, they're kind of in the driver's the seat as far as their own destiny. None of these other teams, St. Louis as well, they control their own. They they just gotta win out. Yeah, I mean not win out. Obviously, it's who can be consistent right now. None of these teams are going to be able to sustain themselves once they I, get there, especially if you have to do a one sixty three. Nobody nobody's winning the one game. <laughs> Let's be real. I mean, like, if I, I think you could have you to could, play game one sixty three before that, shocked. and then have yeah. to play and the what, wild what, card. What a terrible thing for baseball that you're gonna have either the Dodgers or Giants who could. I mean, anything can happen in one game. Could potentially lose out in the playoffs and have you know. Second best record in baseball, pretty much. That's uh, I just, that's a, that's yeah. A and I mean, you look at go, actually. you look at the Cardinals, yeah. uh, 
you know, the rest of the way, they got uh, seven against the Brewers and seven against the Cubs. So, you know, I, seven wins at least with, you know, Cubs. But well, Cubs get, Cubs will get feisty. Cubs will take two of those seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you got to wonder where I mean, the Brewers yeah, they got, are at but right now. We weren't now. taking into account. Yeah, no, we weren't taking account into the schedules, but I mean, if we want to take the schedules. Into if you account, want to take the schedules into account, San Diego is uh, not going to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> They're screwed. They're playing two teams who are trying to stay out of that wild card. Yeah, that's not uh they're they're screwed. I mean, Tatis and Machado getting an argument. Yeah, you got two ever. guys playing on the that's, same side of the infield fighting with each that's other. That's when you know, like, you're done. As a fan, you're like, oh, we're done. We're sunk. You know, like, yeah. Because even before the fight, I mean, Tatis was like losing his mind, slamming his helmet. Yeah, you're done. It's over. It's over. It's over. For the Two pods, weeks till the, the fat lady starts the singing. Fathers. All right. So fi- taking everything to it, taking everything into it into account for the final word. Second wild card team who takes it. I'm I'll stick with the cards. Josh, what about you? Phillies, man. Phillies Phillies so you're not saying they won't win the division? I think they get No, I think they fall under the wild card. And you think they win it, really? Yep. You think the Braves maintain pace and still keep two games with the Phillies winning them, rattling that many to jump? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm betting that you. Is hard. That's hard. I don't want to think. That's the division that's going to screw okay. this whole thing up, though. Okay. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, Philly does Chicken have East. Baltimore. <laughs> okay, that's Baltimore, fair. Pittsburgh. Miami really just had three game against Atlanta, but I think, I mean, the, I've, Are you I, take I the Reds. I paid attention to the Cubs enough to know that they're they're not going to be very helpful to the Reds or anyone else's cause. So I'll probably take the Cardinals. Oh, I thought you were going to take the Reds. They're going to be ballsy. I mean, fine. I'll take the give no, me the Reds. Give no, me the Reds because no, I don't want to. I don't want it to happen, and now you're going to be like, see, I called it. I said the Reds. Give me the Mets. He's Seven talent. games That's, out. He's the talented one. All right, let us know who you who you got in this area as uh, Josh is now straddling his mic like a small child. Um, Reds, Phillies, Cardinals, or if you're a crazy person, the Padres. At 30 Rack of Sports, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. Running the show as we always do with our cheers for the week. Of course, want to cheers to Rebel Metal Brewery in Cincinnati, Ohio. Their Steuben Tiger Session Lager that we have been, uh, how exactly did they say it? As we have been crushing. 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 We crushing. approached it and have now crushed it. I uh, also want to give a shout out to all of our listeners. Uh, thank you so much for listening to 30 Rack of Sports. Our two editions, once again, we have our podcast that drops Tuesday and then also our uh, Friday edition. This Friday, we will be talking a little bit of NFL, talking a little Browns, talking a little Bengals. Who really cares about that second part? But talking some Browns. So, um, jo- or, yeah, we'll start with Josh. Josh, before we get out of here, who are you cheersing on this fine Monday night? Uh, I'm raising a glass to... Travis Kelsey, fastest to 8,000 career receiving yards ever at the tight end position. Former Bearcat, best to ever do it at a tight end U. So congrats to uh, Travis Kelsey on reaching the mark. 
What about the tight end? You can settle down a little bit. I mean, hey, you know. Hey, DeGuar is going to pop off. I hope. I would love that. Josh, by the way, all of it. Um, Zach, what about you? I'm going to bring back to a little baseball. We haven't talked much about the Tribe, obviously, this season. But uh, shout out to Anthony uh, Ghost, who's just got called up at 31. Really? He got called Whoa. up today. Former outfielder. Former outfielder for the doubleheader. Uh, yeah, spent what, parts of five seasons with the Tigers. and um, Was it Blue Jays? Yeah, no. Blue Jays. I, yeah, they spent part of five seasons. Or no, he, he came back with the Blue Jays to try to start this pitching thing. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, but well, yeah, as an outfielder, uh, when he didn't make the Tigers opening day roster in 2017, he decided to be a pitcher. So, yeah, first uh, MLB game since 2016. So, congrats to him. Wow, long road, awesome. long that's road awesome. back. Wow. Yeah. Uh, speaking of someone or some team that we, we hope to see them get on this long road back, a team that hasn't won a lot recently. Uh, shout out to the Akron Zips for getting Ooh. their first win of the season. I've had a couple rough seasons, only one win last year, but did get their first win of the year. Who'd they play? Against the Bryant Bulldogs. <laughs> oh, God. 35-14 to 14 before they head to Ohio State. Right now we Looking have... for win number two? Only one winless team... Seems pretty reasonable. ...in the MAC. Ohio has a pretty good chance to play Northwestern, who was stinky last week. So, uh, shout-out to the Zips. Uh, real quick, guys. Zip them up. The Bryant Bulldogs. Where is Bryant University? Is it Rhode Island? Oh! I only know that because former Ohio State coach Jim O'Brien, after getting fired by Ohio State for informational benefits, went to Bryant. And that's the only... I looked that up. I was like, where the hell is Bryant? Yeah, that's the only reason I know that. So there you go. (laughs) Bryant in Rhode Island. Zach's got that for you. So shout out to Kelsey. Shout out to Anthony Gosa. Great to hear. And then shout out, of course, to the Zips. Because we're a Mac podcast. Action, baby. Um, so that's going to wrap it up once again thank you so much to Rebel Metal Brewery in Cincinnati, Ohio for Zach on the opinions see ya for Josh on the ones and twos so long I'm Greg thank you so much for listening to 30 Rack of Sports see you on Friday peace